Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Foul Talk Podcast. I am your host, Sam Porter. I have my co-host with me, Zane Martz, on the other end of the table. How are you doing, Zane? I'm doing pretty good. Slow day in my industry. Uh, well, my non-outfitting industry. I'm, I'm in concrete, so it rained in DFW today, so we're pretty slow. Concrete doesn't settle very good when it rains, does it? Does not. No one works hard when it rains either, so kind of works hand in hand there. I know a lot of people that don't work hard, if you know what I mean. By that, I don't know what I mean by saying I know if you know what I mean. Anyways, guys, thank you all for tuning in. This podcast is going to be a little bit of everything. We want to have something that y'all can tune into and listen and learn and just be interested all around the board. We are primarily going to be an outdoor-themed podcast where we're going to talk anything from waterfowl, which is our specialty, to big game hunting, fishing, hiking, anything across the board. So if y'all have any questions or concerns, feel free to shoot us a message. We'd love to hear what you're kind of looking for. And we're really going to try to grow this thing into something that, that really tailors to everyone, everyone's needs. I mean, you have anything to say to that Zane? Um, not necessarily. I think this idea kind of came about, um, me and Sam cover a lot of ground during the hunting season scouting. And we're kind of, you know, you're sitting in the car having some great conversation. You're like, man, these would be awesome stories to kind of relay to other people, give them a laugh, kind of talk about everything that's going in uh, or on in the industry at the moment from things like your your bird flu that's going through, the avian flu, um, to just your general life issues, finances being one of them. That always seems to come up in the car when uh, diesel prices are skyrocketing the way they are, and you got to figure out how to accommodate that as an outfitter and an industry where – we're both, I mean, Sam is in uh, the freight industry, if nobody knows that, as well as the outfitting. So me and him both kind of have to deal with that diesel increase, which is wild. Yeah, well, let, let me tell you a little bit about that. I am the owner-operator of a outfit out of West Texas called Dirty Texas Outfitters. We do anything from shooting your sandhill cranes all the way to thermal hog hunts, trophy whitetail deer, quail, spring turkey hunts. We kind of do the whole nine yards. Anything you need, we're going to accommodate it, and we're going to do it to the best of our ability to make sure you have a five-star experience. Zane is the go-to guy. He is the head guide here at Dirty Texas Outfitters. He's the guy that makes things happen, rain or shine. He's my man. I can always count on him, and I really appreciate all you do that, all you do with us, buddy. Thank you. Sure thing. Thanks for the compliments. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, let's get into it. want to give you a little background. We, how do we know each other? Let's start off with that. Me and Sam, um, I know this isn't being videoed, so nobody, nobody can see Sam now if you've never met him and, and, <laughs> and you're just listening to audio. Sam is a big burly dude and I am not. So, uh, me and Sam actually met playing little league baseball together way back in the day. I think we were both nine at the time. Um, out in the Highland Village Baseball Association, and he was just as big and burly then as he is now, damn near. Um, burly is what I like to call it. But we uh, we met playing baseball, and and our relationship kind of blossomed from there. We actually didn't hunt much together until we were considerably older, probably high school, early college age, but we'd always kept in touch and talked. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you, you've told me before that my dad was one of the reasons you really got into the hunting industry or hunting yeah, in general. Yeah, of course. And and we're going to have your dad on at a later date. I can't wait to get Keith on. Zane's father teaches a class here at our local middle school called Outdoor Trails. It is the most interesting class I've ever taken out of my, you know, all the way through public school 
through college at Texas Tech, it was the best class I've ever had. Why, if you ask, the reason why that class was the best class ever is because you learn so much. And it's not like a general ag class. I will get to it later. I moved middle high high school uh, years to southern Texas to a really small town where we had ag and you know, you think of welding and woodwork and things of that sort. Well, that's that's not necessarily what Keith's class is about. Outdoor Trails class is it's teaching you the things, uh, life skills on not just hunting, not just fishing, but You're, cooking. I, I got my I got, gen, general outdoor and survival life skills, and it's a full fledged curriculum class, which I think is really neat. And he he and a couple other teachers back in the day really fought for it to come through. So it's definitely an interesting. Yeah, yeah, thing. it's it's crazy. I mean, I got certified to scuba dive. What class in a public school education gets you certified to scuba dive? Good old outdoor trails. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. I got certified to scuba dive, my hunter's ed certification. That way I didn't have to, you know, take that at a later time. My boater's ed so I can legally drive a boat, but I don't, those are kind of, you know, irrelevant nowadays. I, I'm not very good at driving a boat, so I can't comment on that one. <laughs> I definitely understand, but so much more. Learn how to, you know, really do some cooking, cooking chili. Got to eat in class. That we would made be the best a. Part. I don't know if you ever made them, but the fried donuts. You Sam's oh. the same age as me, but a year lower grade wise. So, for any context in the future that comes up with that, that's kind of what I mean. I think we're we're only a couple months apart in age, but we yeah. are two different grades. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Grade school wise. Yeah, Zane. Zane's a summer baby. He was put through the year earlier than me, and I was a year after him. Uh, early fall baby as well so we're not too far off but yeah that i, I do give your dad a lot of credit I, I grew up in a family that really catered to the quail hunting industry we would walk our tails off from sun up to sundown through the thickest stuff and me being the youngest boy i was the one that was in the thickest stuff so i would come home with cactus and everything inside my legs and my boots it didn't matter it was that's what it was and i had a great time doing it but i never got to experience the other things keith took me out and taught me just different life skills things of that sort y'all had some really good family friends that lived close we went fishing things of that sort and it really just all around you know put that fire in my passion to to you know do what i do today and and that's you know starting the hunting company back years ago and and I'm I'm happy to say that Sam has surpassed me now in the uh, hunting, hunting. Uh, I, I love it to death. I do it left and right. But I would say Sam's definitely got a way bigger passion than me for it now. So I'll take credit for that one. Um, it's every on day my of the week. mind way more than my day job, and that's not good because I can find a million things to think about when it comes to hunting, and about one thing to think about when it comes to work, and that's a headache. We won't mention Sam's employer for safety and uh, job reasons there. We don't want to get him fired. We'll just say logistics. Logistics. There we go. And making things not come to your doorstep. <laughs> Narrow that down to a couple logistics companies there. Yeah, yeah. So kind of back to it, guys. I uh, my, A little little more about myself. When Zane was talking about his dad really you know, helped me out in my younger years and kind of sculpted me to you know, my, my passion for the outdoors. When I was in high school, my junior year, we moved down to a small town in Central Texas, and that's where I graduated from. It was it was tough getting you know moving into a new school, new area right around the time when you know most kids move up. You know, sophomore that sophomore summer, going into your junior year, everybody's you know gearing up for varsity football, that Letterman jacket, you know, uh, Friday Night Lights. That's what it's all about, and 
there it was a lot of drama. There there was, you know, a lot of good and bad things, but I moved in, you know, being a six foot three, two hundred and eighty pound kid, I was, you know, right the size the, the right size for being a lineman and I took a kid's spot and, you know, that stunk for, you know, both parts because I took a little hit from everybody on that, but you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. It's a great guy. Um I didn't end up finishing my football career with that because I have a larger passion for the outdoors, which we will definitely have that on a podcast uh, at a later date because y'all need to know all the details about that one, how I uh, ended my football career my junior year of high school. But graduated from Burnett down in Central Texas and moved my way up to Texas Tech and basically... That's that's where it was. My my family was all from that you know West Texas area in Lubbock, and with her within a couple of hours. So there's just lots of going on there. Made me feel safe. Made me feel at home. And obviously the birds are there. That's that's why I wanted to be there. The bird mecca of the South, I would argue. It is uh it's it's quite crazy being there during during waterfowl season, just seeing everything that's out there. If y'all have never been that way. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. There's there's some – I don't have the correct numbers, but I'm going to say, you know, there's got to be close to a million or more lesser Canada geese that winter in that area. And we – I believe we winter about 75% of the world's sandhill crane population within the South Plains area, kind of right there, you know, around that Lubbock area. But that's where I cut my teeth. Um, did you pull up that number? Uh, it's going to take me a minute, but I'll look for it. Gotcha. Well, yeah, so that's that's where I cut my teeth, man. I, I started off with a kid that had, you know, a couple dozen duck decoys, a couple dozen, uh, you know, goose silhouettes back what, when. What, what did you run as your first decoys, out of curiosity? What what did you have in the old grab bag there? Man, I still have them in my garage today. Me and my good buddy Dallas, his mom, back when I didn't. And I never even think about this. Back when you could like get ads, like you know, like in in the like the paper, there was a local guy here in the area who had like a dozen dozen, or he had I think he was two dozen mallard floaters, and they came with rigs. And Dallas was like, "Hey, do you want to get these?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, let's go do it. You have the public land right behind your house. Let's go do it." So he bought a dozen, I bought a dozen, and basically those decoys have kept up with me, and they have seen a lot of ducks die over them. I've uh. I've been a big fan of the game winner decoys throughout my my days out of the old academy brand for anybody that's not local to the uh, good old academy sporting goods but you know as we've gotten in the industry it's definitely you can kill them over milk gallon jugs for Anything. sure but it's definitely it's definitely I wish those all the new lifetime decoys if anybody's played around with those are super lightweight I wish those were around when I was a kid because hiking in hiking in <laughs> hiking into the lake before we could you know probably we had our boaters ed, but before we had access to hunting boats and stuff like that, hiking in with those lifetime decoys would be a savior. And we're not even sponsored by them. We just, I, I love them. I wish we had those back then. But we, uh, we're very gear centered here at DTO. We don't, we're not promoted by anybody, or really sponsored by anybody, but we do love our gear. Yeah, You'll, that'll probably come up in conversation a handful of times. Well, definitely, because we don't believe in quantity. We believe in quality, and we're going to get whatever we need to do the job and what's going to last and what's going to look the best regardless of price because we want to give, you know, when people come and hunt with us, we want you all to have the best opportunity possible to, you know, harvest your animals, whether that be your sandhill crane, ducks, quail, dove, you know, mojos, things that sort, everything on that end. Um, 
that's kind of that's that's kind of how we are. I've got to just to revisit the waterfowl migration to Lubbock. I can't pull anything quite like this. I'll make a note to on episode two bring it up. But there are a lot of birds. It's 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 wild to watch them fly up there in Lubbock. Yeah, it's insane, and it's it's crazy how Lubbock is so water dependent, and it changes every year. I don't. If most of y'all don't know, Lubbock is in the what they call the Llano Estacado, but if you're from like Central Texas, they call it Llano, L L A N as in Nancy O. So it's kind of weird because everybody down there is like Llano, and then everybody up there is like Llano, and I'm like, y'all don't know what you're talking about. But then they look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about, so it's just kind of weird. I don't, I can't say it with the right accent, so I have to say Lano because to hear me say Yano just sounds dumb. Like there's always there's that weird roll with it, and I'm we're from Texas, but I I ain't that Southern when it comes to that kind of Spanish accent that comes with those words. Yeah, can't do it. I sound dumb. <laughs> you look at the a big burly white guy like Sam, and you're like, no, that guy's not saying anything. It's I, like that. I can feed call on a duck call. Fantastic. You try to get me to roll my R's. Pfft, never happening. No. <laughs> I think we can both agree on that two ways. But, yeah, so Lubbock is very well driven by the volumes of water they get. Lubbock, if you don't know, they're they're called Playa Lakes. So it's not like most of your, your bodies of water, tanks, lakes, reservoirs, refuges like you have in the delta or any really anywhere else in the world it's kind of a niche to that west texas area up maybe into the little you know the panhandle oklahoma western kansas i'd say maybe like that but they're perennial so they're 90 percent of the time they're gonna dry up they don't hold like you can't like i mean you could fish them but you're not gonna catch anything there's no fish in them they dry up every year they come with spring rains and if you get enough rain, they might hold over till, you know, that September time or even into waterfowl season. But usually those early September, late August, early September rains are kind of what fuel the migration south because typically the grain is going to be there. You know, even even if the rain's not there, you know, irrigation and stuff is going to provide the water to farm for the most part. We're a big cotton area, so it's honestly like when they don't get a lot of rain or there's you know, a lot of hail, then they go back and plant it with corn and sorghum or wheat. And that really helps the waterfowl hunting out. But anyways, those birds roost on that, those playa lakes. And if we don't have, you know, the water for the birds to roost on, Lubbock's not a very big town. So they're not going to roost there. And in turn, we just won't get the migration south to that area uh, where the birds will, you know, really want to stay and they'll venture out. They'll go east, they'll go south, they'll go west, they'll go all over. That's just kind of a little bit more about that West Texas area. But we'll get to that on another episode. Zane, tell us a little bit more about you, my man. Tell us a little bit more. I mean, your dad's the one that, like I said, helped sculpt me into the man I kind of am today. Let's, let's kind of hear about your bringing up and, and more about you, my man. We'll go from there. So for those that haven't gotten it yet, this is kind of more of an intro episode for us um, to kind of introduce who we are. Clearly, we're not famous people, um, contrary to what we'd like to believe. So we're kind of, we want to get backgrounds of ourselves to kind of prove our validity and and kind of everything. So I, I actually grew up same town as Sam back when we were kids, kind of in the uh, North Dallas area, a little town called Highland Village, Texas, um, which is even probably the smallest little town in the area. Uh, it's right on Lake Louisville. So I grew up there. I have pictures back from when I was a six-month-old child, and my dad take me out in a deer field in one of those hiking backpacks with the toddler thing up top, going with him as he was bow hunting whitetail at one of his deer leases. So 
I've been in and out of it. Obviously, my dad, as Sam mentioned earlier, teaches this outdoor trails class. Uh, so we've had a lot of fun experiences. We we kind of grew up hunting. We never really had deer leases. We always had access and opportunities. Um, so I've, I've hunted a little bit of everything. We've been, let's see, we go to Kansas every year to go hunt opening weekend of pheasant, which is a blast. I've been dragging them up to Michigan to go fly fish for, for King Salmon on the spawn every year. We've got to um, talk more about that. Yeah, that's, that's a blast. That. Sam's been wanting to go and haven't been able to get them up yet, but we'll figure it out. Dove season, Dove season's a big moneymaker down here in Texas, so it's hard to drag drag some of the operators out whenever you're going up there to that's, fish it. But. That's a late September kind of deal, right? Uh, about mid. Yeah. They, they, run, they spawn kind of all September into November and then, or excuse me, October, and then once October hits, you kind of start getting the – steelhead run as well with them and the salmon kind of die off but it's a blast whenever i can set my time aside to not be shooting doves or rice rockets you know on the playa lakes definitely gonna have to get up there with you and and that would be a great person to have on the, the podcast in the future as well as the guy that got me into that who's my i believe he's a cousin i call him my uncle um but he he's been in the missouri kind of government or was in the missouri government for a while and did some pretty cool things i'm sure you'd love to come on and talk about it if we ever get yeah, to that definitely. point he'll he'll be down here at some point so we can get him on but yeah so I, i've kind of grown up in the industry i haven't done i sam we're very honest people a, a whole lot of actual professional guiding it's only been a couple years now um but i've been running youth hunts for the state of texas basically taking kids out to ranches and stuff like that with volunteer high fence stuff and running those for since i was 15 tyhp don't get too mad because i think you're supposed to be 18 legally but um, doing that for a long time and we we'd probably back in the heyday we were running probably eight weekends of those a year taking kids to to game ranches we took them out to like meredith and west texas to chase after mule deer um, just just anywhere we can get kids out we're i grew up being big trying to get kids into it just like i was um and to this day me and sam both still love sam actually came with me this year on a tyhp hunt to help out we love getting kids out, which is nice because. Do do we want to stop and talk about that hunt for a second, dude? <laughs> we can. It'll set, a pre- I, it'll set a precedent. We'll we'll set a precedent. So, let me let me give you all some insider to this one. So this was, I think, the third week of February. I believe so. Towards the end we, of February, I think it was either the third week or the last week of February because, I the, it, the, it I, doesn't. No, I think the last week of February we're in town because we went to Lubbock to hunt. Yeah, yeah. One the, weekend, then we went to Kansas to hunt another, to finish second, out goose, the and then I think the very next weekend was this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so Zane Zane Zale, like you said, runs the Outdoor Trails class, and he takes kids all across the state through a youth hunting organization called TYHP, um, Texas Youth Hunting Program. Yes, correct? it's it's hosted by the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it, it's all kind of granted to them. There's I. I I, there's a little charge, but not much. It's a great organization and highly recommend you getting your kids into it, especially if you don't necessarily have the means of like your own lease or things like that. Definitely can get them involved. And it, it's a great way to get on some really cool opportunities too. Obviously your bigger, your bigger things that show up on the website are going to be whitetail hunts because that's probably the most hunted thing in the state of Texas. Yeah. Um, but you can get on, if you get on there, I, I believe my dad was telling me there's nil guy hunts down there that the state actually hosts. So you're, you're going through the state, um, Lake Meredith, when we went out there, they actually opened up just for that weekend. I believe they opened up mule deer season a week early for the kids. So the kids that we took only for the group that we had out there, opening up a week early for them. Cause it's a, I believe Lake Meredith is a state park formally. I, yeah, I, I think, think that's right. Park. 
Um, it just north of Aveline. Um, but there, it's a, it's a great for anybody listening to this. If you have kids, it's a great way to try to get them into some cool. Lake Meredith is north of Amarillo. That's yeah. Now Aveline, excuse me, Amarillo. You had me fact checking myself. I was like, it is north Am- or Aveline too. It's just hey, a hey, lot hey. more north of Aveline. Right. Um, that's true. But yeah, so so with these these hunts, um, you kind of get to go all over the state and, and hunt different things. Whether that's whitetail, deer, exotics, waterfowl, it doesn't matter. It's it's a little bit of everything. And Zane invited me to go help them out because they needed an extra guy to kind of help you know facilitate a group of uh, you know a, a young kid, whether that be a you know a little guy or with his his dad or they're, you know. they're usually middle school age. It's it's about seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. So picture that kind of in that preteen stage yeah, and, just turned a teenager. and if you say if you have a daughter or something don't let that discourage you because there there was probably there was almost more women there than there was i think it was three and three it's about half and half or maybe i think it was three and three then somebody had a brother show up um to help the rest of the week the weekend so i think it was three and four four boys at that point but i'm not positive yeah so yeah that it, it was a great time we, we got really lucky on that one we went down I don't know if we want to disclose the company on it. Uh, we went down to a big company's ranch down in central Texas and they had the worst. They had like way nicer than some of the hotels I've stayed in, in the middle of a ranch in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Yeah. It's, it's a big uh, general contractor nationwide one. I, I, I don't know if they want us to disclose the name. I'm sure they wouldn't mind, but just in the, the, you know, to be courteous, we won't unless they tell us to, but they, uh, they donate. They've been doing this for years now. Originally, this this hunt started um, is actually a, a deer lease that I'm on. All the people there were like, "Yeah, we have a pig problem," and me and my dad were like, "Why don't we get a bunch of kids down here to shoot them?" So we we started it that way. The kids originally, when they'd come down, would come down to our deer lease. They'd stay in tents. We'd take them out deer blinds, and they'd shoot pigs. And if it was slow in the blinds, sometimes we'd load up kids in the rangers, which is which is a it's a it's difficult Legal in Texas. Yes, yes, you can chase them in, in in the UTVs in Texas. There's there's not really any laws on them. I don't. You just can't. You they, can't. They just changed it. I think last year by almost I, fact checkers out there. I want to say by most means. I, I it's you don't have to have a license anymore to kill them. As so, long as you're a Texas resident. As long as you're a yes, Texas yes. resident. Um, I I don't think there's any. There's only one thing I know of that's illegal to do with pigs, and that's torture them. Which that's just in my book, it's unethical and stupid. Um, I remember I remember that. seeing something on Lone Star Law about somebody getting arrested for. I guess he pulled a, a wild hog's teeth so he could train his dogs and got busted for it. So he left the hog alive with no teeth. I, I could be wrong, but I, I believe that was I, that. Episode. That sounds like something some somebody some from something Texas or something on Lone Star Law that would happen. Yeah, a lot of men um, down there. So we started it that way, and then. One of the guys on our lease actually works for this general contractor. He's like, hey, you know, we have this big ranch right down the road. Let's see if we can work something up. So then this GC slowly started donating more and more. The first year they just had they brought all the kids up there to do this big dinner. Uh, they cooked them steak. And then the next year they're like, why don't you guys just stay up here? We built this basically hotel here. I would argue five-star hotel, but I've never stayed in a real five-star hotel, so I, I could be wrong there. But it – it's, it's a great place, and they started donating more and more, and then they started donating uh, MLD deer tags as well, which for people that don't have that kind of program, it's a managed land deer permit program where basically they you can hunt deer through the end of February in the state of Texas, and it's to help manage uh, deer on, on properties, basically. So it kind of extends your deer season. You, you don't use your state tags. You use MLD tags, and they started donating all that. So I asked Sam. I was like, it's a really cool place. You'd love to come out. 
or I'd love you to come out. Like it'd, it'd be a really cool place for you to see. It's just, even if we don't help guide, if there's enough guides there, like we can go fish, we can, they have a vineyard below the, uh, the, the hotel. It's just a, a cool place to be. And we're, you, we love being outdoors. Do you remember the amount of bottles of wine they said they get from that little vineyard that, that couldn't have been any more by like an acre and a half by an acre and a half. Like it wasn't very big. I don't remember what they said, it but I, the, I want to say 5,000, but I, I 5,000 bottles of wine out of that one little patch of grape. Unless there's somewhere else hidden on that property, we haven't been more, more grapes. I, it was I, a lot. That's, but all, that, that's that all section's its own little high fence. So I feel like that has to be it. I don't think they'd build another one. It's, it, it, it was, it was a big number. We'll get, we can get a, we can see if we can get him on here and talk about it. maybe go that'd down there and get the ranch manager. That'd be a good. That'd be a yeah. fun one. Well, okay. So, so back to the story. I know we've had like four or five side stories, but Zane, Zane invites me or asked me to go on this one. And we, we jump in the truck. Uh, we, we leave the Dallas Fort Worth area. And if you're in Texas, probably most of the surrounding touching States, there is a restaurant by the name of taco Casa. It slaps. It is my favorite Mexican fast food restaurant there is. It slaps all right. It slaps your cheeks coming out. That's what it does. We we go to Taco Casa just on I twenty um, on the way out there before it, we it's cut like, south. Yeah, it's like the Mineral Wells one. Yeah, yeah, it's like two eighty one and I twenty. Yeah. So this this one right here, and let's preface by saying this. It's in a gas station. It's not like a separate entity. It's so it's got the gas station filth mixed in with the grease. I've eaten there a hundred times and didn't have an he issue till this us. one. We go there. We eat there. I think I can't. We, we both get like the same thing. We eat it. We're having a great time. We head down there. We get there. I'm blown away. I, I thought we were going to like a little deal. No, this place, like I said, five star. Like they have homemade cheesecake served on like expensive plates i want to say they donated wagyu to the kids yeah wagyu we didn't get that a little salty by the way but when we i, well, I, I got some okay but well you just weren't paying attention yeah well nobody gave me the memo there but anyways we get there uh kind of introduce ourselves to everybody you know whatnot it was it was a little late we had left after work and yeah like the kids that hunt started usually they go like saturday morning through sunday morning but this one to try to give the kids more chances at pigs because I, I feel like you see them more at night uh, once it starts getting cooler out, they they did a hunt Friday night, but me and Sam, I don't necessarily think we were busy with work. I think we thought we would be, and then, like, you know, noon rolled around, and we both kind of get to set our own schedules, and we're like, nah, like, this, we should, we need to leave. Like, let's go down there. I think that's what happened, but, so we got down there probably 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock Friday night. Yeah, anytime we have to go anywhere, you can add on two to three hours like if we're not scouting, well, even if we are scouting, you can add on like a lot of extra time because we'll find some way to slow it down. Yeah, I, and that it's is for true. nothing important at all. It's not like we had a blown tire or like we forgot something. We just like fiddle around sometimes. And, and we're big into sitting down at every restaurant we go yes. to. I we're both very we're not stingy with money, but we're also stingy with money. We're I if, if I'm paying for a drink, I'm getting free refills <laughs> with it too. I'm not like that's my policy. Definitely so get your money's worth. I will sit down in that gas station taco casa and get my free refills with my three dollar freaking drink that I got charged. Yes. My wife she wants to like blow and go. It's like get on the road and eat it in a car. I have giant meaty fingers and my legs are round because I'm a little thick like a Snickers. So if I set a burger on my leg or especially like the new Whataburger uh, 
buffalo chicken strip sandwich like that's going everywhere it's not yeah, happening it, we that, that's not a mobile that's not a mobile meal yeah that's a that's a put an apron on and eat a meal <laughs> exactly but anywho so we get down there late and 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 i start feeling just not great i'm not sure what it is i think maybe it's like there's allergies picking up or something like i just feel off i'm like oh, this is strange and I start trying to preemptively, and then it kind of hits me. I'm like, oh, no, maybe I got food poisoning or something. And so I'm trying to load myself up with some Gator. They have a uh, a huge, like, like you'd see at a gas station fridge there, just every drink you can imagine, yeah. right? You just reach in, you pull one out, and it slides down and refills. So I'm grabbing, like, body armors and Gatorades, just prepping myself for what I think is about to happen. And uh, I don't remember what time we went to bed, but I know I laid down. Well, it's, there's the, – in, in the rooms, it's it's – the only thing that I would like that makes it not five star, and this isn't taking away from how nice it is at all. It's just it has Jack and Jill bathrooms, which they're very nice. But you share, I think there's twelve rooms total in it, and you share. Yeah, it's a two story little hotel, so there's six up top, six down low, and then there's you know three bathrooms up top, three down low because you yeah. Jack and Jill them. Yeah, you share them. So so keep in mind we have neighbors. Um, right next door to us at the same time we we go to sleep and i thought you know i thought zanish wasn't feeling bad and then um we, we, it i don't know what was it, like two thirty, three o'clock i couldn't fall asleep i was laying there stomach cramped i felt like i was in labor no discredit to women but like if that's the pain y'all go through <laughs> i you need an epidural because i was dying and and finally it, it hits me and i'm like i i gotta go like just get rid of this and I can't even make it the, – the door, also not to discredit the five-star part, the hinge was a little loose on the bathroom No, door. no, they're not a little loose. They're a little, like, Oh, no, stubborn. it was too tight. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. Like, but so the door push. was, like, kind of – you have to, like, to get it to go all the way and close, you have to, like, push it. And I knew what was about to happen wasn't going to be pretty. So I was trying to make sure the door shut. I'm, I'm asleep at this point. It's like – Oh, three, Sam, two, Sam's three, snoring. If, if, if We need to do a podcast episode of just Sam snoring. I p- think people would love that, or I'll try to record it and sneak it in because it is it is otherworldly. That and his, <laughs> that and his Vortex fan that goes with him everywhere he goes. Sounds like a tornado every time you go to sleep. But So I'm trying to get the door closed. It's just not working. And finally, like I turn, and as I turn, it's like a spray of just vomit to get to the toilet. And it apparently... I went deaf, so I don't know know how loud it was actually. Apparently, it was the loudest thing Sam had ever heard. Dude, it was I, I. It's like you went to try to close the door and be quiet. You said, "Screw it." You slam the door, and it like doesn't shut. I hear like liquid hit the ground. Oh yeah, it was bad. <laughs> you just spewed everywhere, man. I mean, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I I I threw up so hard for probably 15 minutes non-stop like it sounded like a fire hose truthfully that was I, the first time i expunged or expelled everything that was in my body there was a, a mushroom that came out sorry to be graphic that I, I hadn't eaten mushrooms in like three days so i don't like a good old gut cleanse it very well might not have been taco casa like who knows I, it um but then sam got not like that but sam was not feeling great later in the weekend as well i so. wasn't feeling good but mine didn't go zane for lack of better words, was having an exorcism. Oh yeah, every I got thirty the demons minutes. Up. I couldn't. My body hurt so bad for like a week after that. I could barely. I couldn't work out. Like I couldn't go to the gym. I had no strength. My muscles were just strained. Yeah, I, I was. So uh, that was the first. That was the first of like three times I had to run in the bathroom and do the exact same thing every time. And so for some kind of more 
analysis on how loud it was. We're and so you have you know like we said this this twelve room hotel and we're in almost the top left room. So we're in the the second from the farthest top left corner. The people in the very bottom right corner told me they could hear me throwing up. It was bad, and I you know I felt bad for everybody in that whole. I thought maybe just our neighbors heard it on both sides <laughs> and downstairs possibly, but the whole hotel was woken up by that, and I felt very bad about it. Yeah, I think your dad's room was right below us, and he's like, "Dude, what was going on up there? Oh, it sounded it, like it, y'all were fighting or something." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it probably sounded like a cat fight coming out of my. Uh, it was bad. Dude, but I'll just never forget that sound. I thought somebody was killing you. That that's what it sounded like. God, God was trying to end me. Yeah, I, I'm over bad. here like hibernate. We have the AC cranked down to like as low as it'll go. You know those like like window units that they have in hotels. It's on like 60 degrees. I have the comforter. I'm frozen. It's loud. Like I'm in heaven, and Zane's having an exorcism. Dying. Yeah. I felt bad because I was supposed to guide that Saturday morning, and I woke yeah. up. I shot. I, I shot a text to all the people that were there because on this one, there's a lot of people that are on the deer lease as well as the company that offers it up. I like to help out. It's like we always, we always have to bring. My dad has to bring down the correct amount of guides for the amount of kids, just in case you know all the people that are other people that are out there don't want to do it. But we got out there, and there's probably 11, 12 people that wanted to help out, yeah, help take kids people. out. So I, I shot a text to the guides group, and I was like, somebody, somebody's gonna have to, um, somebody's gonna have to take my spot this morning. Sorry, you gotta wake up early. I'm gonna go back to the bathroom. It was bad. Yeah, I rolled over. I was like, hey, dude. You you getting in the blind this morning? You're like no way in. And then I, I felt bad. I was I was I felt terrible the whole rest of the weekend. But I don't I, think you ate anything the rest of the weekend. Uh, I ate a little bit, but it you know it made me queasy. And then I felt really bad because then Sunday morning, I was like I have to get up and take a kid. Like I I feel bad. Like I don't want to. So I got up, and I get put in a. Uh, I don't remember the name of the company, but it's a really really nice box blind. Um, it's yeah. like a, it's uh, like well, yeah, what the, well, yeah, yeah. It's like an eight by eight. Sam's a little salty about this. One. It's like an eight by eight box blind. It's huge and it's completely carpeted and foamed. It's dead silent. How tall are you? Uh, who's asking? <laughs> Everybody in general. Like five eight, five nine. Okay, okay. Continue. We'll get so back. so we're in you know this big old box blind and we get, I take the kid in there and it's a blind that hadn't been hunted all weekend and there's only two chairs and. It's a policy, obviously, for insurance that the kid's parent has to go with them as well. So you have three people in a blind, and uh, there, there's only two chairs. So I was like, you guys sit in the chairs. I'll sit on the floor. Oh, I passed out in that blind. It got to the point where I was like, I, I felt terrible about it, but I was like up against the corner trying to stay awake, feeling terrible. It just, uh, I don't know if anybody else does it, but you, when you're kind of awake and asleep at the same time, you let out a snore and wake yourself up. I did that, so that was fun. Yeah, but I, 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 I caught a lot of slack for that one. Yeah, so Zane's over here in his I, penthouse I, suite. I don't snore in the waterfowl blinds. I promise. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. The only time he snores is like midday naps when he sleeps, like he's in a coffin, like just dead. It's kind of it's kind of well, scary. I was more referencing. I don't sleep when we're running customers, That's but this is all volunteer time, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, so Zane's in his penthouse suite of a deer blind. My first morning, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna go sit in the truck." Which I was like, sit in a truck. They're like, no, like the big high rise, like drive around, like custom made trucks. Oh, I'm like, sweet, dude. That sounds like so much fun. We get there. It's got a flat tire. I think it was just broken down in general. I think yeah. they had run it and it had broken down, there. but they had like, they had 
they park it kind of where they can see the gut pile to varmint hunt out of because the engine something was wrong with the tranny or the engine or something. I don't remember. I have no idea. There was there was a feeder probably about hundred yards away, and that's and, where they. And for people that don't know what we're talking about, it's basically in in Texas. I don't. I'm sure they're in other states as well, but Texas is kind of like the wild west of of hunting. Yeah. A lot of these ranches have what's called a high rack truck where it's like a picture like an excursion or F two fifty or something, but it's two stories tall. So they build like this platform on top for people to sit fifteen feet up in the air and shoot scout from whatever. So it's like a double decker bus built on a truck of some kind of four wheel drive typically. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. So so that that's what they had me in. His dad handed me uh, a, uh, one of those like buddy heaters before we went, and I was like, you know what? I'm bundled. I got like I've got a lot of layers on way more than I hunt or way more than I use normally because when we're you know waterfowl hunting and whatnot, I don't wear a whole lot of layers because usually we're up and down all the time. So we're sitting there. It's wide open. Like we're not enclosed at all. Like it's like we're at a party bar kind of deal up top, and it's every bit of 22 degrees outside. I'm freezing we we're sitting there we don't see a thing like it's hunting it's not killing we don't see anything and, and this frozen. is on the high fence yeah, side yeah. so it, it's that's a rare well that's not a rare occurrence in the state but this isn't the biggest high fence ranch this is more of like a corporate retreat ranch yeah they, so don't, I, they don't sell hunts so i mean it's that, a very that's small a, like ranch. that goes to show you like you have your opinion about it i don't hunt anything personally it's high fenced but you know it's not guaranteed not to say we wouldn't take the offer if it was given to us yes. but we have so much available land to hunt but with your family land my personal access to other yeah. lands our outfitting that we just there's to us it's just not we have yeah it, a it's, lot of it's hunting elsewhere. it's not killing yeah. as much as it is you know people say oh they're in a fence you you get to kill whatever no it's not necessarily the truth all the mm-hmm. time but anyways so we're we're sitting up there and i have this buddy heater it's like i said about 22 degrees it's cold the wind's blowing we're it's not enclosed, so the wind's just blowing right through us. I go to try to figure out this buddy heater. I'm trying to, like, it's not working. I'm like, what's going on, man? Like, this is like, it, it's sparking. Like, I see it. Like, it's on. I sit there for five minutes, man. I'm like, what is going on? Am I just, like, that mentally, like, hindered that I can't figure this out? And then I realize, oh, Keith gave me the buddy heater that is out of propane and we are about to sit up here for the next three to four hours and freeze our tails off it was i was i was miserable zane this is the morning of zane's exorcism sleeping in yeah so yeah. i woke sam up at three or yeah something i, like I that. didn't have any sleep anyway so zane's throwing up i'm awake so we were froze we we finish off the day i mean it, it was a great day we had a great time but uh it, it was really cold we didn't have the heater the next morning we get up Zane's in his penthouse suite. I go to this nice blind up on a hill. It's it's definitely a two person blind, but you can fit three people in it. They we we take like I think there's there's two chairs up there, and then I get somebody handed me one of the like game winner like dove stools. Yeah, yeah like like five ninety nine dove stool. Nothing special, but like you know you're just something to sit in. It's all, not on the ground. So we we climb up in this tall tower blind. It's probably fifteen twenty foot up in the air. It's way up there. And you can see everywhere, and it's 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 dark, and the sun starts to like just come not up off the horizon, but where you can like, like right start to vacuuming see. all the heat out of there. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sitting on this. Like I said, I'm a big guy. I'm I'm six three, like three fifty. Like I'm I'm a hefty guy. I hear pop. Next thing I know, my ass is sitting on the floor. I fell right. I, I ripped that thing. I fell right through it. 
almost took the whole blind out with <laughs> us, man. These guys were looking at me like, what is going on? I was like, oh my gosh, we've been in the blind for 15 minutes, man. It's not even, I can't even see yeah, I yet. Think, I think we do like a 9.30 get out of blind time. So this is probably like 6.45. Yeah, 6.45, happens. like super early in the morning. So I'm sitting there like, okay, I've got two options. I can kneel down. I can sit down or I can stand up. But if I stand up, I have to hunch over and I can't see out unless I really bend down. And that's just a lot of movement. I don't want, I don't want to scare the deer away. So I'm like, all right, we're going to go with option one. We're going to sit down and then I'll just kind of peek my head up every now and then and look. And, you know, if they see something, they have a question. Is that, you know, is that a buck that's lost? Is it shed his antlers or, you know, is, is that something yeah, I can because, hunt? Because, because middle February is yeah. it's about the time. Well, there was, some we places saw quite early, a few that had shed their well, Even we had, normally the rule of thumb, at least where we hunt primarily, is about middle of February, stuff starts dropping antlers. So yeah. that last couple weeks of MLD season, it gets wonky because you get, I believe MLD is buck and doe tags. It's not antlerless. Correct. Like, it's like, correct. like on the state tags. So you have to be really, really, you got, I mean, when you, when you hunt deer a lot, it's not that difficult. You just have to actually look you can't go by the horns you look you know flatheads you can kind of tell a buck just by eyeball on it but uh it, it even even where we were out in west texas we we put up a bunch of uh, cellular cams we were getting pics of, of early on well, well even we had pics of deer with antlers still in march when we were out there um yeah because we went out to prep for turkey season maybe the second week of march third week of march it was it wasn't early it was, the, it was the third week of it march. was later in yeah. march and they we still had deer on cameras well you know not, not nothing it, crazy but they were we you know little deer little with, eight points with antlers still which yeah, little, i thought was weird yeah and, was, and now we have deer on camera that are already growing antlers so it's almost like the only reason our antlers fell off because the next one started growing in it wasn't yeah, just like the natural fall pushed them right off like teeth yeah yeah so we're, we're sitting there in this blind and it's I, I layered up more than the day before because I froze my tail off. Like I said, I was frozen. Thank goodness because it gave me a little bit of cushion for my butt. But this guy, the dad looks over me. He's like, hey, are you not going to watch? I was like, uh, no, I'm going to watch. So I didn't want to seem like I was lazy. So I got up, sat on my air, got on my knees, and I proceeded to look out the window for the next like three hours to see one psycho buck which is an exotic they had on the game ranch and one white-tailed buck that had shed his antlers and had a red ear tag in his meanwhile i'm in fetal position in the corner of a a blind with the heater on gray it was like a sauna just passed out in the corner which in my defense the section we were on was low fence so we were only pig hunting I think y'all shot one that morning, didn't you? Not my girl. I think somebody else on that same property did. But, you know, it's kind of, even if you've never been around, it's hard to look at something and not know it's a pig. So I figured, like, I feel bad, but I can't see anyways. Like, I'm not going to stand weirdly behind a daughter and her dad all morning. So, or actually, I got it a a boy. So it was a, you know, son and his dad. I don't want to stand weirdly behind them, kind of like cross-armed staring so felt more nice to lay down and we saw nothing they saw nothing that's i should prep i i saw the wall of the blind they saw nothing all morning we saw yes yeah, so we saw a psycho buck or it, uh, yeah it was a little psycho buck wasn't a big one and then 
the kid really got his hopes up because there was he's like there's there's a doe coming to feed us doe coming to feed us like oh hold the hold hold your horses I, I i look at it i put my binoculars on him and i look and there's a shiny red ear tag i was like nope we cannot shoot that is a breeder deer which like i said we are in a high fence area which is legal in the state of texas to raise deer so this is a deer that's going to produce you know in theory you know trophy trophy i think i think that market is really the money maker on the high fence them actually selling the genetics to other ranches yeah because this isn't this isn't their that ranch is not for profit they it's it's more for entertaining and like yeah executives and corporate heads and stuff like that which they they, i don't i don't think they sell any hunts at all i think they just kind of gave which is as a ranch manager, we need That's to get awesome. him on. He he'd be a great person to talk to. It, it's it, you kind of just given like the keys to a palace and told you have no budget, make this place cool and do what you and want. He did man. Oh I, yeah, and, the, and, and you know being a GC, they're allowed. To, they can they just bring their guys out there and build, build what they it, want. Yeah. So now they have like a a bomb shelter, I believe, built yes, on the property. Dude. I don't I don't think you went in there. No, I saw the outside of it. It was like they, way down. They have the like corporate conference rooms, basketball court. It's just a cool place. They, yeah, what's uh what was the cook's name? I, I can't, even if I remember I feel like we shouldn't say it just in case oh, it does right. give it away. Yeah, but man, they, this place is the works. They their own professional cook that that cooked every meal for us with the biggest smile on his face and just accommodated to us. It it, it was a great time. We man, we it, really enjoyed it. Man, I, I wish when Keith did take me on some hunts um, when I was younger, but it's, my, I also the, this one's the, in terms of accommodations, the primo hunt. Yeah, yeah, Miss, my, what you said Zane's dad and and my family, we we grew up together. We played baseball. That's kind of how we had met each other originally. We. We, they knew that I hunt, so I didn't necessarily, when I was, you know, in his class, I did some of the cool trips, like the, you know, like learning how to scuba dive. Uh, you, you went to Greystone? I right? went to Greystone Yeah, Greystone's Castle. a cool place. That yeah. place is cool. There's a castle in Texas, like right off Interstate 20. That was cool, and that was a lot of fun. We went out there. We had to go out there and shoot skeet and muzzleloaders and, and things of that sort, right on top of that hill. It's right outside of, like, Mingus and uh, Strawn. All Campus. I know is there's two, I don't remember the town, I think you're right. It's Mingus. But there, I know as you're driving through 20, you can see the castle on the hill, and then there's two restaurants in town that just have a big sign that says restaurant. Yeah, they don't have a restaurant name. They have a name. It's in that, but, that building next to that giant uh, yeah, stack, because there used yeah, to be like a Yeah, and it's just there. two, it doesn't, it doesn't say what the restaurant is, what they have, it just says restaurant in really big letters on both the north side of the highway. And the south side. Yeah, I just bypassed that because the next town west, that's Strawn, and there's the giant chicken fried steak and uh, your boy is down. Yeah, Mary's. Yeah, Mary's yeah. and Strawn. Hit and us up, bur- Everything they make there is huge. Hit us up. <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, we we kind of had a, we had a very interesting year. Yeah. Uh, from, we always, me and Sam are the kind of people that if we're offered an experience, we usually try to jump on it or find a way to make it happen, so... We had yeah. we had we had a busy year, an interesting year. We had um, a very interesting year, like, we'll, which we'll, which will be we'll discuss a lot of what happened probably the next yeah, the, the, one, episode. Yeah, one of the next probably the next podcast. We'll kind of dive Get more into intro, yeah. to what we do as a company, how we operate, you know, what our hunts are, and just a little bit more about that uh, to kind of give you all the limelight of our background as far as the outfitting world goes and and things of that sort. But we definitely wanted to kind of bring up a topic from this past season that it was 
quite odd and and it wasn't bad well one thing was bad but it was it was just something that happened and it was just different it was what i like to say is a string of odd things happening uh the first one i'm gonna let zane talk about this i uh we we have a we're we're staying at this place and and Zane's I was I had been there already. Running. Do do we want to talk about it this episode or should we drag out to the next one? We'll wait. We'll keep. We'll, yeah, I think you, we'll wait. It, it was a, it, it was it was four or five weeks straight of just interesting. I think that's the best word. No, I, I say interesting is the wrong word. Do, weird. Do you, weird. Let's talk about let's talk about the. Let's let's talk about this, and then and we'll save some of the rest for for the next one, uh, when we kind of go in depth. So the first string of events that happen is we're staying there. I'm I'd been there. Uh, I had some clients, you know, in in that week, and Zane was back at you know in, in Dallas with his day job, and he's bringing some clients out with him that were from uh, a construction company, and he gets there and he's like, dude. This guy tried to kill himself. And I'm like, did he? There's no way he didn't kill himself. I'm like, I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, dude. This guy tried to kill himself. I'm like, tell me about it. So we're we're heading west down twenty, and I have I've I've searched for articles on this, like like some kind of news report, and there's nothing. So unless we were seeing a ghost, I don't know why nothing exists on it. But we're heading west, and we're 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 on I twenty, um, which is the main big highway that kind of runs through it runs through dallas and every it's a big interstate that runs runs through well 20 runs coast to coast yeah but it's it's really the big one that we take to get to where we hunt so we're east abilene and i'm in the left lane going 75 or 80 um and there's a car kind of right on my front wheel well on the right lane and i'm working to pass them and all of a sudden they swerve into my lane like i mean like the whole car made it into my lane and i had to slam on the brakes you smell the rubber you barely missed them right oh yeah like and and i wouldn't have been as long as i survived the wreck i wouldn't have been too upset because i've been trying to get a new truck for a while so insurance claim baby i'll take it all day (laughs) but they swerved into me and i have i actually had met up with uh they're my customers from my day job as well as their friends as well and stuff so they were they were bringing a bunch of people out to come hunt so i had met up with them somewhere and had one of them had jumped in the cab of my truck to ride with me so we're driving and I'm leading the pack and this car swerves in front of me. I'm like, what in the world? What is he doing? And all of a sudden you just see this guy in the middle of the highway running down with his arms up in the air at the highway. So the guy had run, I guess, I didn't see him run out there. I, we just saw him. He had run out from the shoulder, tried to jump in front of that car and get hit. And that car swerved around him. Then I see him. When I see him, he's in the right lane as we zoom past him. And then the other part of our group who's in the car behind me, and this is them telling me this, said the mirror of their truck almost smacked him. Like he's on the center line right now with his arms up running. And the last thing we saw, which this is kind of gruesome, and we didn't see it, but it's kind of just a gruesome, sad story, is him run and basically the lights of a semi-truck come. And then there was, we were, you know, the head of this big, long line of traffic. Blinded by the light. Oh, yeah. And there was no traffic behind us for the next, like, 20 minutes. So, pretty much, whatever had happened back there, I'm assuming he got misted by the semi-truck. I don't know how he didn't. We're going 80 down the interstate. But there's no other cars coming. So, we're kind of shell-shocked. We're all pulling up police radars and stuff like that. And we have the, 
the or the police scanner, excuse me, we have the scanner up and they're talking about how they're going to a wreck on I-20, but they're not mentioning what's happening. And there's like no news articles mentioned of it, no nothing. And we've been searching. I, I look to this day just to see if maybe something happened that, you know, shows up now and nothing. But that was, you know, Abilene's, we're still, a, we're probably midway point at that point coming from Dallas and the rest of the ride was just like two hands on the steering wheel staring, just dead silent. And that started our little four, there might be a, a string thing, of odd things, a string of happening. string of just weird things that happened to end the season. It was just, it was weird. It, it was like one thing after I got to the point where like we're yeah. heading, we're heading out to go hunt one weekend. Uh, and I brought up, I was like, man, we've had, we've had some odd things happen the last two weekends. What do you think is going to happen this weekend? And sure enough, something very, very strange happened that weekend. The very next weekend, this this yeah. one wasn't strange. It was just added to the. Added yeah, we'll, to the, we'll we'll cover these but, all in the next podcast. But yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was definitely gruesome. It was it was it was very strange, and it kind of set the set a weird tone for the weekend. But we they shot a lot of birds. They were happy when they went home, but they definitely were driving, staring every direction when they went home, <laughs> making sure somebody else didn't run in front of them. That's for sure, man. That's wild. It kind of gives me Vietnam flashbacks to that one doe that tried that didn't commit suicide because we never found her, but went kamikaze and from the ditch to the side. That's what it was. No, that was the first thing that happened. Cause that was the week before. That is what it was. That, okay. I knew there was a fifth thing. Okay. So, all right. Well, well, a precursor to this, that story is the, the week before we had some, we had some guys in and we're, we got like 15 guys and we're going up to hunt and we had to get real, real early. Cause we'll explain a lot of this later on, but we, we hide, uh, if we're hunting in a frames and tumbleweeds in West Texas, cause they, they, camouflage the blind and very well and it's just very natural out there and we had to leave to go make a couple of runs uh beforehand before the clients got to the field so we could do this well on one of our runs back and forth we're driving and i'm dodging deer left and right and it's we're like day four of these customers being here we're, we're tired i'm ready i'm kind of ready to like for a break and i'm just i'm blowing and going it's seven i'm going 75 this doe all the walk bars as fast oh, as yeah. she can into the side of my truck. I try to swerve, but I got a trailer on. I'm pulling in close trailers. I don't want to hit her. So, but I'm also not going to flip the trailer. She runs smack. We hear wham. She runs right into the side of my truck. That's pretty much all we felt from oh, it. And all we saw, we saw, like we saw her hit the truck and then it's dark out there. At, we probably, it's probably four in the morning. Yeah. We, we had to make a bunch of tumbleweed runs and we're trying to, we usually try to cater the customer pretty well and try to have everything ready to go. So we're trying to be blowing and going. But yeah. yeah, she 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 thwap or thwap the side of the truck and we for sure rolled down it, but we never saw her roll down it. Yeah, and then then I, I pull over and I'm like I'm like oh man I'm like shoot like I don't really don't want to do an insurance claim right now like my truck's you know definitely not in pristine condition but not in a bad condition either. I, I I go over there with my light. I'm colorblind. I'm tired. It's four o'clock in the morning. I see a little dent. I'm like eh, could be worse. Like you know it, it is and what it is. Like, nothing I can do about it. This could happen. Somebody leaning on the truck basically. Yeah, it really like really it could. There's a bigger dent on the other side of my truck for me punching it. That's way bigger than that. And that was because I jammed my finger in a gunner kennel in my old storage unit door. Another story for another time. Very unfortunate set of events. But we get there. We we do the hunt. The whole nine yards. We 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 had a really good hunt. We we shot like a 15 man limit of birds. I go to get the trailer. These guys, uh, they helped uh, pick up, uh, and then we kind of set everything. And they had to go. They were they were from out of state, so they needed to catch. Yeah, they a plane. had a long. Actually, oh, they 
No, they, they were going. They, they were going to go uh, hog hunting. That's right. At, yeah, yeah. They, they had to leave. They had. They, they, were, they, they had scheduled. So I guess it was a guy's trip that they do off and on. So they had like they were hunting with us two days or three days actually. And then yeah. They, yeah. So they were. They had to go to try to make it in time to whatever other. Yeah. They hunting. Normally, normally everybody helps pick up and set up together, but they were like, "Yeah, we understand. Y'all got to go." So, mm-hmm. so Zane and I pick up and we get everything loaded up. And I like I look at my truck and I'm like, "Yeah, man, it's really not that bad." Zane gets out and he's like, "Yeah, that's not bad." Look but that your, is. Yeah, look at your trailer. <laughs> there's, trailer. There's a has, hole in the trailer. If you were to like take probably that sledgehammer would be the best no, way to describe uh, well, it. Well, yes, yeah, so, yeah, you would take a sledgehammer, there's a hole about the, the you know, the width of a sledgehammer head straight through it. But there's like a like the front right of my enclosed trailer is caved in like the size of two basketballs width. Yeah, like, it, it's 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 no longer a V nose. It's almost a flat <laughs> flat front trailer. It yeah. got sm- and somehow we didn't ever hear it. Well, that may have been what we heard was it hitting the trailer, but we only heard one noise, and you figured it would be it hitting the truck. Yeah, and and we went back and looked like I like we did I not. Don't... Zane sat in the truck to let Sam sit outside just in case it was bad. He didn't want to be a part of that awkward no, situation no, I'm where a grown about man when, cries. When we like oh. on our way back, we wanted to see if the deer was dead. We never found the deer. Oh yeah, like, there's no way that deer. She had to run off and died from collateral Or he injuries. jumped the fence. Or yeah, that's we, didn't, what I'm we didn't look too hard, but yeah, we, we she wasn't on the side of the road, so. Yeah, man. It was, long story short, there was a lot of interesting things that happened this year, and we're gonna dive into those on our next podcast. We have some awesome guests coming up that y'all are really gonna want to hear. Uh, some very special things, a lot of uh, cool stuff, interesting stuff, some raunchy stuff in there. Let us know what y'all want to hear. Also, we have a Facebook page. Uh, the foul talk podcast or actually I believe it's foul talk podcast and then also hit us up on facebook and instagram dirty texas outfitters that is the instagram handle and the facebook handle if you want to check me out my name is the crane killer for my personal page on instagram and what's yours uh, i just made a new one so go give me some followers it's dto underscore zane z-a-n-e yeah yeah kind of keep up. it all outdoor and hunting related because my other one's really just a shrine for my girlfriend wife who's probably way out of my league. i can't i can't wait for her to hear that title yeah she'll like it <laughs> what did she wasn't when uh y'all right after y'all got married wasn't her instagram handle or her facebook like called zane's first ex-wife no it's zane's first wife i wanted her to be zane's future ex-wife but we settled <laughs> on zane's first wife That's and, then, great. and then she backed out of it after a month or so of it that's but, hilarious. Well, yeah, guys, we, we got a good sense of humor over here at DTO, hence the name. Yeah. Dirty Texas. And a lot of people have friends, close people, not in bad ways, but we'll just leave off some names. So Dirty Texas so-and-so have, have been called. But guys, we really appreciate y'all tuning into this. We're going to grow with y'all. Let us know what y'all want to hear. Like I said, hit us up on all those. Uh, our Facebook page, we'd love to hear any recommendations, anything y'all have. Once again, thank you so much. We look forward to next podcast. It'll be coming out soon. You got anything else for us, Zane? I got nothing. Well, guys. I'm a man of few words. That is that is not true. You'll talk to a fucking sidewalk. Guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Y'all be safe and God bless.